you know, death is, uh, well, especially w what has just happened, it's a, there's no explanation, just no, no explanation is su sufficient um, with mass killings and shootings that people are mentally, mentally disturbed, mentally uh, out of balance, and spiritually out of balance. And we pray that for those families that as they go through this, that there's just, there's nothing worse than the death of a child. And especially um, one, ch uh, children who have been killed un, <laughs> I don't want to say, uh, without cause, you know, like a drive-by shooting, just like random. Why? Why did things happen the way they do? Well, we don't know. And I can't even begin to know. But we, we always go forward. Now, that, this is the substance of our faith. I'm speaking on Hebrews 11. And um, the substance of our faith is our understanding of God's word. Life is eternal. So no matter how long we live in this life, our life is eternal. And when, when someone we love dies, uh, we hurt, but they are home. <laughs> They're safe in the arms of our Father. So whether we, whether we are a child, an infant, or whether we are 110, <laughs> our life is but a short span. And while we live, we need to live with the understanding that we are God's child. We are in his presence. We are in his love. And no matter what happens in this life, nothing can ever take us from him. So we live in that security. And we grieve in that security. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. We, we grieve, we hurt for the loss, but we, we do so with the hope, the, the understanding that life is eternal. And so when life is eternal, we have a different perspective. You see, what you believe for eternity, what you believe happens in the next life or the life after this one ceases, that, that determines how you approach life. It determines how you live. People who don't believe, people who have no sense of eternity of what of what happens next they live their lives entirely different as if everything every moment is theirs to possess and to do exactly whatever it is that enters their mind and they and when their life is over it's like what have i accomplished what have i what what do i have to take with me into the next life you have nothing only what is done for christ will last so whether you know the bible says whether we what shall I, if a man should gain the whole world, what good is it? And lose his own soul. So the challenge for us is to understand the scriptures and understand what God is telling us and how that God is working in our lives. And we, we do that through taking the scriptures and seeing how that God has put them before us and how that they fit within the context. You know, today is uh, Memorial Day, <laughs> and uh, I have a... Did you ever get Memorial Day, Decoration Day, and Veterans Day mixed up? <laughs> well, I'm going to solve that this morning, all right? Decoration Day was originally started May 30th, 1868, and it was organized by Union Veteran Major General John A. Logan. It was established as a Decoration Day as a way to honor the graves of those who died in the Civil War. So they put flowers on the grave, Decoration Day. So then we changed it to Memorial Day. 
And Memorial Day started on May 30th, uh, I believe it was 1971, I have it somewhere. And um, it is celebrated with the men and women who never returned from combat. So Memorial Day is similar to uh, Decoration Day. And then Veterans Day is November 11th. And that's for everyone who has, whoever was in the military. So that's the day to honor all of our veterans. So Memorial Day then is the um, day that we have now that we are celebrating. And it used to be the 30th day, um, was it the 30th day? It was the last Monday. Well, we've changed it to the last Monday in May. It used to be on a, the 31st or whatever. Is it 30 days in May? Yeah, Thir it used to be the 31st, but don't, you don't get a long weekend out of the 31st when it comes on Wednesday. <laughs> so it's the last Monday of the month. So that's why we have Memorial Day. Well, when I was thinking of Memorial Day, I was, you know, again, we, we are grateful for all of our veterans, all of those who have served in the military, those, those who have died um, for our freedom. And we should be very grateful. But in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, I thought of it as God's Memorial Day. And Hebrews chapter 11 begins with a statement uh, that is one that is somewhat challenging. Because it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, when you put that, you know, the... the I remember, put, what is the meaning of a word, okay? Put the word in a sentence and then find the meaning as, a, as you work through the sentence. Well, we have in the whole book of, the, of the whole chapter of Revelation, we have that word faith used and we see it used in response to a, ver a number of individuals that have been labeled, in this case, a memorial. We are remembering what they have done in their faith and how that God has spoken or how that God's word has spoken and changed everything. So when we think about faith is the substance, I think of the word of God is the substance. Okay, the word of God is the substance, like God speaks to us. But, he, you know, he does, we don't hear voices. We don't, you know, we're not that kind of speaking to us. One of the thoughts I thought was very interesting, and it's in... Um, uh, 11, chapter 11, verse 20, I believe. Um, no, it's not verse 20. It is with Moses. By faith, Moses, uh, when he was born, that talks about his mother, but anyhow, he identified with the Messiah's people. And it says that, for he endured as seeing him. That's verse 27. For he endured as seeing him, that God, uh, that Moses responded to the word of God as if he were face to face with God. Now, you know, that doesn't happen to us. <laughs> it's never happened to me. But Moses was, you know, when you think about the burning bush, when God called him to um, go back to Egypt and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he had this encounter with God. Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. And, and Moses spent that time. And then the Ten Commandments, he was up on the mountain with God for 40 days. And so he would have had this encounter with God. It was like face to face. And whenever we think about faith, the substance of our faith, the substance of our belief is the word of God, the word that God has spoken to us. Now, if we don't hear voices, which we don't, and um, if we don't... Um, 
we, we read the scriptures, and as we read the scriptures, there, there is this understanding of God that, that comes to us in a sense that God is with us, and that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, that God will walk with us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we have this understanding of a constant companion, a constant source of love and protection. Well, what about those who died? Does that mean God left them? No. God was right there with them. <laughs> you know, they, they <laughs> God is always with us. And no matter what happens in our life, God is there with us. I remember um, a young woman whose um, 16-year-old was killed in a car accident. And she said to me, do you think she suffered? And I said, well, what was the report and all that? And, I, and, I, and she says, no, they said that she was on the impact that she, she died. And I said, well, my thought at that moment was she went right into the arms of God. She went from life to the eternal life into the arms of God. That she was safe now and when she passed at that moment. And, you know, the, and the mother had a, you know, again, that's <laughs> the hardest thing you can do. Mother had a very hard time ha having to deal with this whole situation and all the, situa all the things that went around it. But we find that in this scripture, it's talking to us that God, if we're going to believe and, and have faith, we must stand and start at the very beginning. And as we look at this, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the evidence of things not seen. So God has made us a promise. He's put something in front of us. And we're going to find that out as we go through the scriptures. How that Noah, how that Abraham, how that all these people had sub, a substance put in front of them and they had to respond to it. So the substance of God's word. Now, when, when I, the idea of forgiveness. The substance of God's word says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. The substance of our faith is the word of God. The um, evidence of our faith, God has forgiven me. See? Substance, evidence. So we live with the evidence that we are forgiven. So we live knowing that we are forgiven. And that God is helping us to walk our way, walk the way of a faith and walk the way of a Christian, and that as we are tempted or whatever, God is there to help us. So, um, for by it, the elders obtain a good testimony, meaning these individuals that we're going to talk about here and just as we go through this chapter, they had a good testimony. Thank God spoke good of them. That was God's testimony of them, you know, the, the ones we're going to speak of here. God's testimony of them that was good. Verse 3. Now, if we're going to think of this, this faith, and have a grasp of it, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> and the beginning is, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Did you know framed means ready to be used? Something that is, you know, when I think of framed, I think of the house, you put the, you put the two by fours, two by sixes up, and you have it all there. But framed is also putting the walls up, you know, having everything ready to move in. I'd like that, right, 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 move in, move in ready. <laughs> so ready to be framed is to move in. So God framed the world, and it was move in ready. 
and we find that God is not the frame. See, if God were the frame, we would worship the creation. God is not the frame. God created the frame. So we, when we see the world around us, God created and we can thank God for the beauty of his creation, but we don't pray to the tree. We don't pray to the rock. So God formed the world. He is separate from the world, separate from creation. And being separate from creation, he spoke the world into existence. So out of nothing, he created so this kind of that gives us a picture of faith. Out of faith, God speaks to our life and he creates. It's, it's interesting if we did a, a study or whatever on faith and, and all that, we would, we would look at it in the sense that when you speak, you create. People have talked about in education self-fulfilling prophecies. If you talk about you know, something long enough, you're eventually going to do it. You know, if you, what you talk about, what you uh, muse over, what you repeat, what you're part of, you keep doing that and you're going to do it. You know, if you're always saying that you're a loser, you're no good, that's how your life is going to be. Well, what about saying, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be good and I'm going to work at that and I fall flat on my face. It's all right. In order to be good, sometimes we have to learn how to get up. See, getting up is continuing the success. We would like that everybody who, has, everybody who has Christ never has a problem. <laughs> Doesn't work. That in this life, we have problems. I like the one where whenever, you know, I often quote it, while you were yet in your mother's womb, God formed you. He framed you. He framed you. He put you together ready for use. So you were born. And then it takes years <laughs> before it starts, the whole framework begins, starts to make sense and how it starts to be put together and how that the, the structure continues to develop. That's already put there, but God is the framework and you're the one who continues to develop the framework. Let's go on. By faith, Abel, Cain and Abel. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Did you ever, I, I've often wondered about, you know, Cain and Abel. <laughs> because Cain, he kills Abel. And why? Because he was jealous of his faith. Abel had a faith in God, and when he went through his sacrifice, he believed in the God that he was offering the sacrifice to. And so it says that he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. So it isn't like God standing and saying, well, there's Cain, there's Abel. Abel, he just offered the fruits of the land, and, you know, I like this one better. No. Abel was, was able to say that he, was, he, was, he believed in the God that he was offering the sacrifices to. Cain, on the other hand, he's just going through the motions. He, you know, he's deliberate, he's going through the motions and like, and he, you know, Abel's blessed and Cain is not. So what does Cain do? Tries to destroy, does destroy his brother. But it goes on to say that, um, what happened? He being dead still speaks eternal life. 
that justice from what has happened. God is the one who is the just God, and those who have destroyed, broken God's law, those who have taken the lives of these children, ultimately justice will happen to them in the divine, in, in the eternity. We want justice in this life, and we know what kind of justice we would like to serve, but God is the just God, and he will take care of them in the way that is just. And, uh, you know, for us, if we were on the, never mind, we won't want to go there. <laughs> but we know what we would do with such individuals. But the idea is God will take, God will punish, God will put them in the place um, where they, well, we'll just go there. Verse 5, I don't want to, I don't want to, you want to acknowledge the disaster, and you want to try and, you know, I I don't make sense, can't make sense out of it. Um, I've been with people who have, you know, suffered loss and suffered very difficult things uh, at the hands of other people, And, and, you know, there's just nothing you can say that, is able to put it together in such a way there's always that empty piece, that empty puzzles. There's just no pieces there, and not in this life. We can't see it, we can't put it together, but we know that God will take care of it, and we have to, you know, turn it over to him, and that's easier said than done. But that is, that's the part of our faith. And again, coming back to the idea that... We don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. God does. And people who try to come up with answers generally come up with very stupid things. I know it's not the word you're supposed to use, but, you know, when people try to make sense out of something that makes no sense, it's nonsense. <laughs> and when you, you know, you can't, you can't put it together. It's just evil. It's what evil has done and it, evil destroys. God is good, and God is, being, God is able to heal and restore and to give faith and to help individuals through this. And so, verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Now, we find that Enoch was an individual that he pleased God. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God that Enoch was such a person that, you know, we think, I think of Moses and face to face with God. Well, we have Enoch who lived that way. He lived with this understanding that God was with him. There was no books written. There was no text that he could follow. But he had, he had this understanding in his spirit that God was there. And so he walked with God every day. And it was like, you know, I'm going to go take a stroll with God today. And one day he's out strolling with God and he disappears. <laughs> There's one set of footprints going through the sand and then they go away. Well, where did he go? God went home. He went home to be with God. He never died. So, and then it says that he pleased God. Then verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. So we know that the pleasing of Enoch was one of faith that he believed the substance of the word that was spoken to his heart. And he said, uh, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
So our faith is based on the substance of the word that says to us, God is alive. He is, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. That we believe that what God has said to us is the foundation that we stand on. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Nothing can ever separate me from his hands. That whether I live or die, I belong to God. Nothing changes. Whether I live or die, that my belonging to God never changes. So that security is what keeps us in our everyday life and keeps us going and that we can look for the good in our life and in the, in the life events. We're looking for the good. We're looking for the best. We're looking for how God will bless us because he says he, that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's, uh, Enoch diligently sought God and he went right home to God one day. Diligently seeking God that he, that we, every day, every moment of every day, our mind is thinking. You know, our mind doesn't shut down. No, some people it does. <laughs> I was practicing that. Yeah. Rhonda says to me, does your mind shut down or you just don't talk? You know, what is it? <laughs> you know. But, but, you know, diligently seeking him that we, we are in our thoughts, so if they're going somewhere, they should just bring him back. Bringing our thoughts back. You know, we want to pray, and you start praying, and what do you do? You think about the weather. You think about so-and-so. You think about this, think about that. That's, that's okay. Stop the thoughts and bring them back. It happens. You're not going to stop your mind from wondering, but you can bring it back. <laughs> so diligently seeking God is basically based on faith, that I believe that God is, he is a rewarder of those who seek him, and being rewarded by God is having this knowledge that my seeking has benefits to it. And the trials that I face, God is there with me because he'll never leave me nor forsake me. See, the foundation. Faith is a substance. The substance is the word. The word of God placed in my heart causes me to believe. I believe the word. See, you, you know, a long time ago, I don't know how many years ago, I placed a $20 bill in your mother's Bible. Yeah, okay? I placed the mother, a $20 bill in her mother's Bible, and I says, I says to Judy, uh, give me a $20 bill out of your Bible. She says, I don't have it. I said, open your Bible. She says, no. <laughs> no, I don't have it. I said, open your Bible. Uh, no, I don't have it. So I went back and opened her Bible. Here it is. I put it there. <laughs> well, the understanding in our life is when God, he, he, puts, he puts those things in our, in our life. And he says, David, this is for you. I don't know. I don't have it. It's like, you do? Just open it up. Well, we find that our faith is that substance that is there. We're just opening it up and finding it. And by reading and in this relational experience, we find a communion and friendship, fellowship with God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. I think one of the greatest, greatest things we can do is to desire to please God. It's, you know, when the scripture says David was a man after God's own heart, 
We often interpret that as God was, created David's heart, and, you know, they, you know, he had this thing that made David special. No, what made David special was David had a heart that sought after God. And you see, it's just that, that we want to please God by following him. Pleasing God is not being afraid to offend him. Pleasing God is recognizing he as our savior, as our friend, and one who is guiding our steps, and he will inspire us to pray for that which we can't do on our own. God will inspire our prayers. He knows what we have need of more than we know it ourselves. And so he can inspire our prayers. What we do is we say, well, I can't get that. Look at what I got. Look at this. There's no way. But you see, faith makes something possible that's impossible with us. We'll go on. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. Faith in the word. God spoke to Noah, says, Noah, build an ark. <laughs> you know, and for a hundred and, I don't know how many years, a hundred and twenty years, he built a boat. That's a long time. A hundred and twenty years, he built an ark. He built a boat. And he moved with godly fear, meaning a godly reverence, God had spoken to him. Faith is the substance of God's word. The evidence of things not yet seen was the water. <laughs> so the faith and the substance was building the boat, that, and what was not seen was the water. So God was preparing him for the flood that was coming. What's next? Noah, and then uh, Noah, by being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. So you see, sometimes our, our faith involves more than ourselves. It's for us and our household. It's for those around us. Um, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is, ex which is according to faith. He warned the world. He preached righteousness. Our godly life is an example to the world around us. We don't set ourselves up as saying, I'm godly. No, I believe, I pray, we do these things. People know we're different. That sets us apart. Even though we, we're not trying to set ourselves apart. Like, you know, you guys, you know, I'm different than you people. No, I, God is with me. We'll go on. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive the inheritance. He went from the place where he was to where he didn't go. The, the promise was, faith is the substance. The substance was, go and out to a place that I'm going to give to you and your family. That's the promise. Faith is the substance. That's the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen, that he was find a land that God would give him, and he'll know it when he gets there. <laughs> so he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him by the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Ultimately, he was believing in the new Jerusalem, which John in the Revelation talks about. Um, 
by faith, Sarah. <laughs> She's going to have a child. Substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance. Sarah, you're going to have a child. The evidence of things not seen. Isaac was born. Verse 13. These all died in faith. They ultimately didn't receive the, the revelation. They didn't receive Christ. Christ, they believed in what God, that God had a promise, and it was, he was coming, but they died in knowing that it was coming, but they never received it. For us, we know the promise has already come in Jesus Christ. Um, what else? Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who would receive the promise offered up his only begotten son. Abraham believed God. So he's 100 years old. He has a son, and his son's now 15 years old, 18 years old. And God says, go offer him as a sacrifice. <laughs> How could he do that? Because he had a relational experience with God to know this wasn't just a whim. This was God. And so he went to offer his son, but we know that God stopped him because God doesn't take human sacrifices. And that was the beginning of faith is our father Abraham, and nowhere does a Christian or Jewish individual offer their children. Only those who were offering, worshiping idols were offering their children to God, up to their gods. But God never wanted child sacrifice. And his son, and Abraham had this understanding this boy is going to be the inheritance of everything that God has promised me. But you know what? Even though he would die, God will raise him from the dead. I must obey. You know, that type of understanding, that type of understanding, we know God doesn't offer, tell us to offer people or things like that, but he, he, he challenges us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. You know, we're not going to be a dead sacrifice. We are alive, and we live to God. And so whenever we're praising him for, in bad times, we're praising him that he is with us. In good times, we're praising him that he is with us. <laughs> and that all things work together for good, because the faith that I have is the substance of his word. And the substance of his word says to me, I love you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The substance of his word is, the, is what I stand upon. And if Moses going to the burning bush, he has this experience of face-to-face -face with God. And when he goes throughout his life leading the children of Israel, taking them, you know, the ten plagues to get them out of Egypt, bringing them to the Red Sea, you know, impossible places, that face-to-face -face with God gives him the faith to know that God will make a way where there is no way. And so God, you know, everybody's complaining. They want to kill Moses. They want to go back to Egypt. And the Pharaoh's coming. He says, God has a plan. Open the sea. <laughs> that understanding, God has a plan. And for us, I think of it as very much similar that <laughs> the power of God's grace the divine favor of God is knowing that he has spoken his word into our lives. Not only into our head, but into our heart. I'll never leave you. 
I will keep you in every situation. My grace is sufficient for you. That his provision is never lacking. It's always abundant. More than we ever ask or think. These are the promises that, that are initiated by, our, by God to inspire our faith in what he wants to bring to our life. Faith is the substance. God's word spoken to us, delivered to us in an action, in an outcome. Noah built an ark. We built an ark because a flood was coming. <laughs> so we find in our life, God speaks to us. What is it that you need? What is it that is the question? What is it that God wants us to inspire, wants to inspire us to ask as the, the, his word speaks to us? What is the substance of his word that speaks to our life? Believe for the answer and then act upon it. Abraham believed. He left Ur of the Chaldees for a land that God would show him when he got there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the land that God would give him. Father, we thank you. There are many challenges in our life, in our world, and God, only you can help us, direct us in these difficult times and in successful times. God, you direct our lives that we might find the grace, the divine favor uh, of you that walks with us through each situation. We ask, O oh God, for you to speak to our hearts through your word, through a song, through a thought that matches your word. And God, you put that settling peace upon our hearts and minds that this is the way we must walk with you. And it will all bring glory and honor to you and peace to our hearts and minds. Bless us, O oh Lord, that we might be blessings. The substance of our faith is your word. The outcome of that substance is how you will deliver, fulfill, heal, restore, build, establish in your kingdom, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Faith is the substance <laughs> of things hoped for. <laughs>